Start off being this person who kind of everything is about the outside. And as I'm nearing 40, I'm, I'm in, I'm, I'm looking inside. I'm asking myself, who am I? What do I want? Failure at 40. Life only makes sense backwards, but you have to do it forwards. Failure at 40. Failure at 40 challenges the notion of failure and redefines what success looks like to you. Who says if you haven't reached all of your goals by 40 that you are not a success? Failure at 40 interviews, debates and discusses the reality of turning 40 in modern Britain. Welcome to Failure at 40. Hi guys and welcome back to Failure at 40. I'm Winnie the producer. And I'm Shelley the life coach. And today we're speaking to Dom Taylor. Dom is 39, he's a chef, has no children, isn't married and lives in South London. Welcome to the podcast, Dom. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Tell us a little bit about, if you think back to in your 20s, 30s, what life was like for you and what you thought life would be like when you turned 40. Well, (laughs) that's a really good question because, you know what, when I was 20, I thought 40 was so far away, like, like so far away. Everyone says that. (laughs) I don't think we've interviewed one person who doesn't think 40 is You know, so you think that you've got all the time in the world. You, You know, I thought I knew everything. I thought I had it all figured out. Um... I was somewhat wrong. <laughs> I was somewhat wrong. Um, the concept of time changes as you get older, doesn't it? I think you get an idea about about what that means. Time indeed, wise. indeed. Um, so you know, my uh, my twenties. I mean, I, I fucking flash back quickly to my teens a little bit. My teens, I kind of had quite a troubled um, teenage years with schooling. Um, I got into a lot of trouble. I couldn't really settle down. Um, so kind of when I got to kind of 18, 17 and went to college to chef school, it kind of felt like, ah, oh, I finally find kind of my place in life, what, how this is going to work out for me. Um, so I absolutely loved college. College, it was like the best learning experience for me ever. Um, still though, I was still quite troubled, I think, um, internal issues and stuff. So throughout my 20s, I didn't really buckle down in the way that I should have and really had gone, you know, full throttle at my career. Um, And definitely when I look back now, I do wish I had done somewhat. Um, You know, chefing's all about experience, you know, uh, working around different chefs and, you know, gaining different techniques. So I really wish I'd done that when I was young, when money wasn't quite as important as it is when you get a bit older. Um, So, yeah, my 20s was definitely... I did a lot of partying. I did a lot of drinking. Um, I did go to university, um, but I, I did a lot of I did a lot of messing around amongst that. Um, and then I got to my thirties, I think, um, and that's when I really buckled down and kind of got into um, the chefing really seriously. Um, and then that's what led me into kind of you know working my way up to a head chef and then an executive chef role. Um, and then I decided to launch my own business um, last year. So if we just go back a bit, back into the, uh, the early phases, 
um, because even though you've kind of um, summarised it all really, really well for us, and thank you, there were some things that you kind of said you were kind of up and down as a, as a team, and then you said you, you named it as like internal issues. And can you expand a little bit more on that for us, please? Yes, I mean, and I think I only kind of really understand now looking back. But you know, I, there was I had some issues around sexuality. Um, you know, I'm I'm a gay man. Um, and being a gay black man, um, kind of, you know, in, 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 well, all my life, but be, you know, not really understanding those feelings. You know, I grew up in a very kind of, you know, big social groups. Um, and, you know, we didn't really understand homosexuality and, and I didn't really understand how this was going to work out for me in my life. It, I, I didn't want it for me. So I did, you know, I didn't, I, di I just didn't know who I was supposed to be because the person who I felt like, I felt like I couldn't be. When did you become aware of, of your sexuality or how you felt during that time? Um, so I knew that I was different, I'm going to say, from a very early age, you know, um, seven, eight, you know. Um, really young, um, if not younger. Um, so I, I, I always kind, I've always known, but, you know, in my house, you know, it, my mum would say quite casually at the dinner table, you know, don't, don't bring over any white girls and don't be gay, you know, casually. <laughs> <laughs> and what background were you from? What background, what colour was your home so, like? Um, I, I, I was brought up with my mum, my Jamaican mother. Uh, my mum came to England in her teens. Um, yeah. Um, Is that a religious background? A religious household? Yes, not extremely religious. I mean, just, yeah. I mean, you know, um, my grandma was the kind of person who would um, go to church religiously every Sunday, but would smoke and drink throughout the week, you know. <laughs> I, I grew up with that type of hypocrisy. Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> That normal stuff, yeah. how it goes. Yeah. Um, it's only when you kind of, you know, you kind of get a bit older and you kind of realise that, you know, a lot of people of that generation did that. You know, it, it, it was, yeah. So did that inform how you felt and not being sure? Like you knew that, you know, you were different? Yes. Whatever different means, because I mean, yes. you are who you are. I think what it is, 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 you know, I felt like from all these different angles, it was reinforcing this idea that who, what I felt like was wrong. You know, so if through music, you know, um, my brother was in a sound, so, you know, he'd be playing Buja Band and Bounty Killer. And they, you know, their song lyrics were listed with this fear of how I was, how I was feeling wasn't something that I'd ever be able to kind of really live. And that came out, and that came out at, at college or at school or... Yeah, so beyond, you know, so from primary school, you know, you'd be singing songs that you didn't understand, for example, you know, um, and then, you know, I'm hearing it from my mother and then kind of as you kind of get into kind of these teenage years where my friends are kind of, you know, we're going out on a Saturday to just seek out girls. <laughs> it was it was it was very apparent now that this is going to be a problem. You moved on. So you, or you found a passion, you found a love, which seems to me like it was your cooking. Yes, yes. You know, so you kind of, 
you know, you're young, so you really kind of, you don't really, I, I didn't really have this life thing figured out. So, you know, you think that you're going to be able to kind of distract yourself somewhat or kind of pretend, you know, if you'd asked me when I was 18, would I ever live, be living as a gay man? I'd be like, how, how could that possibly be? But strangely, I then came out at 21. Um, and I say came out because actually, um, when I now look at my 30s, I hadn't really come out. I kind of, I kind of came out and then went back in. How, how so? Yeah, what, what happened? So, um, so I kind of came out at 21. I was kind of, you know, I'd kind of started to hang around kind of on a gay scene somewhat. Um, and it start, you know, it felt kind of like, okay, it, there's, there's comfort here. But what kind of, you know, as I kind of got to kind of 25, 26, I suddenly quite learned that it had become, it was, I'd built this artificial life. So it wasn't, it, I wasn't really hanging around with the types of people that I, I know growing up that I want to hang out with. I'm hanging out with people who I believe upset me. So it, it, it wasn't organic. It wasn't real, you know, so it wasn't sustainable. So you were having to choose your friends on the basis of who would accept yes. you as you are, that, as opposed to the people you might have grown up with and, exactly. and knew really well. And Exactly. Wow. So did your actual, like, real friend base that you grew up with reject your sexuality? Or? Somewhat. I got, I got a mixture of responses. Like I said, I, I grew up in a very kind of big social group, so I did get a mixture of respo responses. Um, but, you know, I, as I kind of transitioned into kind of the gay scene, I, I realised, you know, neither the people I grew up with were the right people, but neither is this new kind of formed group the right people. And why was that? What, what made you a little bit cautious about your new group? It just, you know, like I said, is I felt like uh, what made us a group was our sexuality. And I just didn't feel like that was enough because, you know, I'm not really a man that leads with that. You know, some people can know me for a long time and not necessarily know that unless it becomes relevant, you know. So, for example, I, I don't really come out in workplaces. I, I you know, I, I don't read really, that. It's just not how I carry myself and people don't always assume it of me. Um, and then you find yourself kind of being shoved into some kind of closet. But yeah, yeah, I haven't, but I, I just didn't disclose, you know. So that caused a lot of, um, it caused a lot of issues because, you know, then you find yourself in spaces where you feel like you're, again, not being yourself. And it just, it, 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 it made me go inside myself somewhat. All of that would have been happening if you're 39 now, like in the 90s when being gay wasn't as acceptable let's say as it might be today whereas like huge brands are now changing their logos in june because it's gay primer that must have made it difficult for you to look towards the future as well if you kind of tried to look 20 30 years ahead that must have been quite a daunting idea of being a gay man in your old age what did you think 40 would look like what did you think you'd be doing 
like I said, is I didn't really think about it too much. I live very much in the moment, kind of here, today, and now. Um, um, I started seeing a therapist. Um, when did I start seeing a therapist? Must have been early last year. And um, one of the things that have come out in our therapy sessions is, is that um, I have a fear of looking forward. And it manifests itself in really weird ways, like... Um, like for example i don't charge my phone until it's dead like my phone will turn off most days and you know or things like i'll only buy enough food for today you know like i'll be buying food every day um and he what? says that these are really little small things that are kind of it's like i don't want to think about the future i just want to live yeah, in this moment telling, now like you say it's in the moment yeah. it's in the moment mm. isn't it if, if that fear, where, where would that fear might come from? The future, if you even know. Um, I don't really. I think you know, me and my therapist have still got plenty of work to do. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm honest. Um, I mean, if you, if if I ask myself, the answer is is well, I I want to enjoy this moment now. You know, um, I. Tomorrow isn't necessarily promised, you know. Um, so the today and now just makes sense for me. It just, it's, it's just, it just, yeah, it's what makes sense for me. And have during your journey up until this point, have there been like significant losses or pe- people close to you who have moved on, passed on? And that doesn't mean you have them to be deaf, just like people who are no longer here who have moved on. I had a big heartbreak in my 30s. Um, in, in my, sorry, so like late 20s, early 30s. Um, I, that, I think that had a big effect on me. I think that had a big, big effect on me. It felt like a loss. There was a lot of heartache. Is that from a relationship? Yeah, a potential one. A potential one. Okay, which which are oh, definitely can feel like bereavements. Yes, anyway. indeed. Um, and, and how did you manage? How did you deal with that? How did you move through? Through that? Um, if I'm honest, it's just a case of time. Um, you know, it was it was a situation for a long time. You know, <laughs> five, six, seven years. It was a long time. It was a long time. And. Do you think simultaneously parallel to that, your cooking was sort of becoming, um, I don't know, like a coping mechanism or comfort, um, or you threw yourself into something? Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Like, you know, the way I work is, you know, I'll, I'll happily work 70, 80, 90 hours a week, you know. So I pack my life full of things to kind of keep me, to, I guess, to keep my mind occupied I guess the amazing thing about food is how much it it hits us on so many different levels you know physical senses mental level and I can imagine it's 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 been a sort of like a a good journey mate to journey with while you've kind of done exactly there's a lot of reward that comes in cooking for people you know and I put a lot of time and effort to make it perfect or as close to perfect as I can get it so um so yes it's, it's very rewarding it's very rewarding you're really selling it to me, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm hungry. I'm so hungry. 
So I suppose going back at least a little bit more, you kind of said you came from a single parent household. Um, so what impact did it have? I'm assuming it's dad that wasn't part of the home. What impact did that have on you and how many other male children were there in the home? So I'm um, one of four brothers. So we were, we were four brothers, um, my mum and my dad. And then I've got a little sister that came along once we were in London. Uh, so my little sister's eight years younger than me. Um, so yeah, so I grew up, you know, in, in, in quite a masculine space, um, a lot of testosterone. Where, where did you originally grow up, Tom? Where are you from? Um, South East London. We've always lived in South East London. Um, so mainly Catford, um, but Sydenham, um, Broccoli as well. And how was that growing up as a, a young black boy? who's trying to find their sexuality with their race. Because I feel like at that time in Catford, it, Sydney the South East, it would have been very interesting. Yes. I mean, um, growing up with my siblings, um, you know, I, I guess I felt, re- you know, we spent a lot of time together. You know, we grew up in one bedroom for a long time, you know, two bunk beds. But, you know, you get to know people really well under those circumstances. Um, my mum's got a bit of a... A, a, a bit of a up and down relationship. My mum's quite a difficult woman. She can be a very difficult. She she's she's not. She's also got her own set of issues. What what, what do you mean? What do you mean by that, Dom? What 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 are we saying? <laughs> My mum can be just a very difficult person to navigate. You know, on one side, she's actually kind of you know one of the greatest people in terms of, you know, she, if she's on your team, she's really got you, you know, she's also be, you know, um, um, you know, she gave me a lot of complexes about things when I was a kid. Like she gave me complexes about my weight, something that has, you know, really resonated with me through my life. You know, I'm, I, I'm conscious about how much I eat, how much I exercise constantly. It's a, it's a, it's constant forefront of my mind thing. Do you mean like through making comments? Yeah, you know, so she grew up as quite, um, you know, an overweight um, child. um, And I think it's something that she's battled with throughout her life. And I think she just didn't want that for me. And as a result, (laughs) she's kind of, you know, left me with a bit of a complex. So, you know, she'd comment about my weight constantly. Um, and just make me feel bad about how much I'm eating and yeah so it's, it's stuck with me. Has that been similar for any of your siblings in terms of how they felt about weight management? I'm not sure all of my other siblings all take after my dad and my dad's quite tall and thin um, and my mum's quite short and stocky um, so I'm the only one that takes after her and I think that's even more so why we're, we're quite alike, so we can kind of bump heads quite a lot. So Tom, how did your family take you being gay? When, when did you come out to them and what was their reaction? So um, I was 21 or just before my 21st birthday when I kind of, um, I, I'd, I'd met somebody and um, they really had a big impact on me because um, they, they seemed like me except their whole life was gay <laughs> in the best way, you know? So he was, a, he was, a, he was a black man. He was about 28, maybe 29 at the time when I met him, you know, he lived in this beautiful flat. 
Um, you know, he was really into kind of, you know, black culture and R&B and music. And his friends were just really cool. They dressed really cool. Um, and But he was just a gay man who lived as a gay man. He, he, he was confident and comfortable. And I was amazed because I didn't, I didn't know it existed. Honestly, I mean, it feels so naive, but I had no idea. I mean, the first time someone took me to a, um, a black gay club, I couldn't believe my eyes. I mean, even as I think back now, I was still just kind of like, oh my God, just like, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. So when I had seen that, I then decided like that very day that, I want that life. I want to be a, I, I want to be free. I want to be comfortable. And I literally just started to tell people kind of one after the other. Um, so my family all responded, um, re, well, my siblings responded well. So I've got an old, my older brother is also gay. Oh, you're right. I, I'm going to say very different gay to me, but my older brother is also gay. But what does different gay mean? <laughs> gay is gay? Or, I, know, I, mean, I know, I know, it sounds controversial. <laughs> um, so, okay. Okay, so my brother, my older brother is very, um, he's very conservative, he's very academic, he's just got his PhD. Um, he only dates white men exclusively, um, lives in Clapham, um, you know, reads broadsheet newspapers. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't be any different to me <laughs> if you tried. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> eats cheese and grapes and drinks red wine. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? Like cheese and grapes. I do like I'm cheese so delighted, but you know, cheese and grapes. I didn't even know that was a thing. I'm going to have to try it. It's delicious. <laughs> it is good. With a bit of chutney, you need a nice chutney and some crackers. Oh. There you go. Oh, a Yes, yes, yes. Did you have any inkling that your older brother was gay? Did you like, yes. as you were growing up? Yes, yes, yes. So he didn't really have to do the coming out that I had to do because we always knew grew up growing up, you know. Why was his confidence different, Dom? Um... <sighs> I'm not so sure that it was. He moved away quite young. So as soon as he, you know, as soon as I think he, he left home at about 16 or 17. So, you know, he was, a, he was, he used to kind of, you know, keep himself to himself, be in his bedroom by himself, you know, didn't really, didn't really communicate much with the family looking back. Um, he just left the family home quite, quite young and then just went to live his life. And then I feel like then just kind of came back with a boyfriend one day. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, it didn't really, it didn't ever come out to me, but I knew. My oldest brother is probably the most kind of, um, what's the word that I would use? Um, the most masculine, I'm going to say, of us all. Um, stereotypically masculine, rather. Um, he, he's, he wasn't, he, he wasn't very okay with it. Um, I think the words my mum said was my mum told him to talk to me <laughs> about my sexuality <laughs> when I came out. Yeah. Have a word. Have a word. Just talk him out. <laughs> Can you just talk to Dominic because he thinks he's gay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
He's not um, feeling well today. He never will. So your other, your other brother is your second brother. Sorry, your the one who's Clapham. He's your second yes, eldest. Yes. And then the oldest was the one, my mum's ally <laughs> on Gay Gay. <laughs> gay Gay! My little brother, um, the one two years younger than me, he, you know, he's, a, he's really sweet. So he was just kind of like, yeah, well, cool, whatever. Um, and, you know, he kind of he did drama at school. So I imagine he met one or two gay men before me, you know. So, um, and now works in media. So he's, he's, he's very uh, metropolitan. Um, my little sister is also gay. Um, however, when I what? talk, I know, wow. I know, I know, when I talk, this is my party joke. <laughs> <laughs> people they're just kind of like no your mum must have been putting her hair out <laughs> especially as a Jamaican Christian absolutely I felt a lot of guilt um because again I also knew my sister was gay and I felt a lot of guilt about how my mum's gonna feel and in turn that affected me wanting to tell her your sister had already come out before you. She didn't come out before me, but again, it was my sister was a real tomboy from really young. Um, and not that I'm saying that tomboys are necessarily gay, but um, I think we had a suspicion from quite young. And then my mum, my mum didn't take it well. She said some quite horrible things. To everyone, Dom, or just to you? To me. I mean, I'm not really sure the conversations that she's had with the others, even though I can imagine with my little sister, she probably has also not made her feel the most comfortable about it in the beginning. You know, my mum's grown to kind of, she seems okay with it now, um, somewhat, um, but we've never, we, we've never discussed it. It's, we've never... We've never delved any deeper than the day I told her 20 years ago. And how does that make you feel? Well, I think that, so I think initially I was rejected, which I didn't really think that was the case. Um, and, um, and I think due to the rejection, I kind of ended up going back in the closet for all of my, you know, the rest of my 20s, way into my 30s. And it's only now that I've kind of got to a place where I'm a lot more comfortable with it. And I think that's how I've now found myself a boyfriend and here being able to talk about it in this way because I've kind of, you know, I'm finally in a place where I'm actually really being comfortable. And what things did you do to find, to come to that comfort? Because I understand you're in therapy, so that's part of it, isn't it? But, but what other things have navigated helping you get through how you felt? In the last kind of, you know, five, eight years, I've become quite um, spiritual. Um, so I said, yeah, I do a lot of yoga um, and I meditate somewhat. But early last year, I went to spend 10 weeks in Mexico um, I came back a different man. And when I was there, I had some serious conversations with myself about kind of you know, how I want my 40s to look like and who I want that person to be and who I don't want to be anymore. Were you there on your own or was it for a specific reason? So um, I just finished a pop-up. Um, I had a vegan pop-up in Clapper. It finished corruptly. 
And I had a friend who was traveling South and Central America and she's not really a friend, actually. She's more of a, like a friend's friend, um, part of a, an extended group. Um, so we was kind of speaking on social media. She said, oh, you should come and see me. And I was like, you know what? I might do early next year. This was in 2018. And then, so when the pop-up ended, I thought, do you know what, Dom? You've got a little bit of money in the bank. Just go and see Tilly for a couple of weeks. Um, so I spoke to her on the Thursday. I booked a ticket and was there by Monday. And when I tell you that is just not the person I am to kind of one, say that you're going to kind of, you know, take this spare money and just spend it so frivolously on myself. It's just not something I really do. It felt so thrilling that I was prepared to do this for me and it changed my life. Um, I think just even having the time to kind of sit with your own thoughts and make decisions and decide things for your life is so empowering. And I just, I came back empowered. In therapy, we speak about Mexico being the pivotal point in my life. Failure at 40. Failure at 40. So I just want to go back to something you mentioned before when um, your, you talked about your mum's rejection. You said that you went back into the closet for the rest of your 20s. So are you saying that you um, stopped dating or you started dating women? How, how was that? Yeah. Yes, I definitely didn't start dating women. (laughs) Um, Sorry, internally that's really funny for me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Why is it funny? There's too much backstory. (laughs) But um, no, so I think I. So ultimately, I think from the rejection from my mum, I think initially at 21, I was just kind of partying, hanging out with my new gay friends who I thought was just so cool and so kind of protected by that bubble, you know. Um, And I think that when I kind of then left them and that protection, you know, that gay armour, if you will, then um, I kind of dwindled out of, you know, those relationships somewhat. And I, that's when I kind of then hit the kind of UK rave scene. So kind of, you know, started off with Funky House um, and then maybe kind of went into kind of more deep house. Um, so I was kind of on, I was, I was still on the party circuit. I'm a party boy deep down. Um, yeah. So, so now I was kind of on a different party scene, but now I was the only gay in the village. So, you know, I wasn't protected by that kind of gay armor. And because I don't necessarily, I want to be careful with the language here, don't present as gay. So people don't always assume it. Some people do. If you get to, you know, some people, they really get talking to me and um, they kind of maybe ask. But, you know, you know, others, I might just leave them with kind of questions. But it's not the kind of thing that most people are kind of happy to just ask you outright. So there's all of this kind of, you know, uncertainty surrounding it. So, so I, I was kind of... Um, on the gay, uh, sorry, I was now on this new party scene, um, not protected by, by this armour. And I think kind of, you know, outside of, so I kind of submerged myself in that. I submerged myself in that world. And it, that's what was kind of keeping me feeling safe. If that makes but sense. But you're still dating then, but you're still meeting guys. And, and 
Um, dating, I wouldn't really say dating. Um, like I said to you, this so this will be the period of when there was that kind of seven year kind of thing I was kind of um, wanting and was un, unreciprocated. Um, so I kind of submerged myself in that. Um, and a lot of that was me kind of, um, I guess, you know, just wanting, wanting to be loved and wanting to be accepted and wanting to kind of, I felt like that was going to be the thing that kind of completed me. So that breakup made it really difficult for you to meet someone else? Yes, I mean, it wasn't really a breakup because we wasn't, re- we wasn't really ever together. We were, you know, we were never sexual. It wasn't really, um, it's quite a long story, but, you know, the person wasn't out for a long time. Um, so it, it, and it, it, it was a very deep situation. There was a lot of, <laughs> there was a lot of stuff. Was there a lot of learning for you from that? Your, 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 your growth? came out of that absolutely absolutely and you know I I I rarely look back with regret because um you know I'm a man that I believe I I you know I make decisions and even though they don't necessarily make sound like decisions at the time I look back and I realize that you put yourself there for a reason and then therefore there's always learning to be done do you know what I mean? There's always growth and there's always something for you to take onto your next step. And, you know, when I think about the relationship that I have now, um, you know, my boyfriend LJ like, adores me. And, you know, I don't think I'd even be in a place where I could even accept that if I hadn't have gone through some of the things that I've gone through. Tell us a bit more about that. How did you meet LJ? So, <laughs> um, LJ, I actually met online. Um, I met online about two years ago. And um, I, I, we kind of spoke online. It's quite easy to speak online. But we never made any arrangements to kind of really meet, and meet each other. But we kind of really got on when we spoke. And it'd be kind of off and on, we'd speak and then not speak again. So when I got back from Mexico, um, he had found me on Instagram and liked a few of my pictures, which is code for, hey, look at me. Um, so, so I, I, I phoned him. So I phoned him and I said, hey, how are you doing with this kind of new bout of confidence that I now had? Um, and um, I was kind of like, hey, do you, let's go out on a date. I want to take you out. And he was really blown away. And it's like, what, like a date? Cause, you know, gay men, that's not what they really do online. You know, it's, it's very physical based. So to have this guy talking about he wants to take you out on a date, he was like blown away. Um, fast forward, he stood me up. Uh, so he stood me up and I thought, okay, Dom, you, then this isn't it, you know. Um, a couple of months later, he phones me and was like, um, hey, how you doing? And I was like, well, um, to be honest, I'm still a bit put out about this date that I bought tickets for. I bought tickets for a show. Um, um, so I was quite upset. So I kind of blew him off. And then we spoke the following weekend. Um, and then we hung out and we just got on like a house on fire. And we literally just haven't really separated much since. And we celebrated six months last couple of weeks ago. 
in the you know in our time of growing up but again nothing really substantial you know she they got in she got engaged to one guy um but looking back I was quite young but it didn't it doesn't it in hindsight it didn't feel very it, it didn't feel like it was made of the right stuff if that makes sense so yeah so I've got no examples of any successful relationships friends around you your peers yes so i now i've got a really great um friendship pool um at the moment um and i have done since my kind of early early 30s um so one of my best friends um well they're actually both my best friends are married i was at their wedding um and actually two sets of my best friends uh, are married and got married within within our group circle um so yes yeah, so actually i know a lot of people now in relationships and i don't know i don't know if i'm if if this is just my experience but i feel like um black love is kind of back in again do you know what i mean like we're kind of seeing these family units we're seeing our family units come back um I mean, I know that there's a lot more strength in African culture um, family units than there is so in Caribbean units, again, in my personal experience. Um, but I feel like, you know, in the Caribbean background, it is very broken still. And we're seeing it kind of come back into style and younger people are getting married now. And it's really nice to see. I was about saying pretty much since, you know, Windrush, because in Windrush there were a lot of partnerships and there were a lot of families. And once we came to the UK, those things started to break off and become more divisive. Um, so I think you're right. I think there's a resurgence um, of us understanding um, that. But the reason I was asking you about the relationship things, because I kind of feel like sometimes a lot of us are not having enough experiences of relationships, you know, and we don't always have examples of relationships. So we're quite we're quite good at doing this thing that you kind of said is the same people in the same space, you know, but in terms of weight and depth, it's not really there in the same sort of way. Um, so I just wondered from exactly. a man's perspective, because I can definitely say from a woman's perspective, that definitely um, it doesn't seem to be the in thing, you know, to be in a relationship sometimes, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, but as indeed, you get older, you can indeed. kind of maybe think about actually what do I need to be fulfilled um, yes. you know companionship yes. etc I think we start to give that more um, uh, weight um, as we get older absolutely absolutely and I think yes I think you know you, you know it's kind of a journey from your 20s to your 40s and I think in that journey is you start off being this person who kind of everything is about the outside and as I'm nearing 40 I'm I'm in I'm, I'm looking inside I'm asking myself who am I what do I want do you know what I mean it doesn't you're not impressing anybody anymore do you know what I mean <laughs> Let's talk about being 40, darling. So you're 39 now, right? I'm actually 38. I'm 39 in I'm 39 in six weeks. Hey. So I'm 40 next year. Okay. All right. Yes, yes. So I'm 39 August 1st. So um what what do you think 40 looks like for you? Where where are you now in your life? Just you've got you've got this amazing relationship, which sounds incredible. Yeah, do you know what? It feels like we're in this for the long haul because we're both in a place where we know what we want. 
and we appear to have found that in each other. And, you know, we spent the first six weeks, maybe five, five, six weeks of lockdown just together in my flat. And, you know, being able to spend that kind of time with somebody, then you're going to make it now. (laughs) You know what I mean? That will test the best friendship, let alone the best relationship. If you've got to do that, I think he's a keeper. Indeed. What else is what you're looking like? Where are you shopping at the moment? Which restaurant are you in? Yeah, so I'm in a restaurant in Catford called 1487. Um, Like I said, I'm on a two-year residency there. Um, I feel like in my career, I'm in a place where I just kind of took a bit of a chance. And I was really hoping that now... I'd be kind of getting into the point of that chance where I'd be seeing the fruits of my labor. So the whole COVID-19 situation really kind of tripped us up a bit um, because, so I started in the restaurant in July. By the time we kind of found our feet, the collaboration was going well. Um, the relationship with the restaurant owner was going well. We kind of, you know, got into Christmas. Christmas was really heavy. Um, we got through that. And then, you know, and then January, February was our quiet period. So now we'd be kind of really starting to see kind of, you know, the, it, the wheels turning. So it's just right. such a shame that that happened. Wow, so yeah. now I feel like I've kind of been put back a year. So, um, I mean, there's plenty of steam left in me, but um, I was really hoping that, um, that I'd kind of understand that I'd made the right choice. Because, you know, I'd worked my way up to kind of executive chef level working for other people. But it's just not really the life I wanted for myself. You know, it's really hard to build a future under those circumstances. And I say to my, you know, I'm a person that whether I'm working for myself or I'm working for someone else, I put my heart and soul into it. You know, you get everything, my blood, my sweat, my tears. So it just seems kind of almost silly for me to do that for somebody else. Um, but that said, I am super excited for 40. Um, I'm one of them people that kind of, you know, like if I wanted to start a diet on Monday, I'd start it on Sunday so that I don't put pressure on the Monday. That's what I'm a bit like with the whole 40 thing. So whilst I was on lockdown, um, so when I was in Mexico, um, and I got there and I weren't able to get a haircut. So my hair has been thinning for about the last four years maybe four or five years, but it's cool as long as I've got a fresh trim, then it looks cool. If I haven't got a fresh trim, then you start to see that I'm actually losing my hair. So I was on the lockdown and my hair was kind of growing afro-ish, but this middle bit was all light and it was like, this is killing me. And I said, you know what, Dom, just, you're losing your hair anyway, take it off, bruv. And I just cut it all off and I felt liberated. It was, <laughs> it was so empowering. And I said, go on, Dom, you've done well there. Because I was in tears when I was in Mexico when my friend just said to me, just cut it off. I thought, I can't just cut it off. What, my hair? <laughs> and, uh, you know, now I've done it. And I just feel like I'm ahead of the curve. I'm kind of like, all right, well, done it now. Do you know what I mean? Um, so that's how I feel a bit like the whole 40 thing. Um, I now I'm kind of you know anybody that will listen I'll be like oh I'm 40 next year I'm 40 next year because I'm just super excited because if I even if I look at it logically um, you know my my 30s were better than my 20s um, so I just you know the only way is up my 40s are gonna look great you know 
right that's right um and you spoke a little bit about your spiritual kind of awakening when you went to mexico i just want to hear a little bit more about that um and 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 who was the man that emerged i know it's the man we see now but how did that happen so i think um you know i think in terms of timing you know like i said to you is is the the whole trip to mexico was such a an experience that I didn't ever think I would have. I didn't think it was something that I would give to myself. So it almost feels divine that I was able to do that. Do you know what I mean? That I did that. So it, it, it feels kind of like, you know, that it, it, like the universe took over and, 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 <laughs> and made me arrive there. Um, the friend that I met up with, like I said, is she's a friend of a friend. So not only the fact that I went to Mexico on this trip that I would never give to myself, but I've gone to meet this person who I don't even really know. And um, she's so in touch with her spirituality. And whilst we were there, um, she was, we were on full moons. We'd be making, writing down these manifestations. And my fantasy self is the kind of person who kind of writes a journal and kind of logs things things down my reality self isn't a person who's even got a pad do you know what I mean <laughs> so there's this kind of conflict about this person I want to be and this person that I really am so here I was writing down these ideas of kind of you know what I want from the world and it at the same time it felt it felt so weird but it felt like the thing I must do and I flip back through the book now and in there, there's things like, you know, I want to set up my own business. Um, I want to, you know, that can sustain me and sustain myself for me um, to get some uh, money behind me for my old age. And I wrote in there that I want to find a boyfriend and I want to let go of my insecurities and build up my confidence. And I've come back and those two things have manifested and it just feels so kind of like, but you know a voice in my head kind of goes yeah you don't even really believe this but you have to because the evidence is here you know so it it, it feels so special it feels so special so that's what makes the trip that I look back at it with such fond memory because you know I was just out there doing all sorts of things that I just didn't imagine for me. Um, when I left Mexico, I went to Me I went to Cuba on my way home for a, a few days, um, and I went on my own. Um, um, and I didn't speak much Spanish. Um, I arrived there. And I had to travel from one end of, well, I didn't have to. I decided I was going to go and visit this other place in Cuba. I had to travel on this bus and then get a cab half of the way. And, you know, I can get quite scared about those types of things. And I just went and I just did it. And I met these great people and I was in bars talking to, you know, travelers and I was just like, who is this person? <laughs> like, I didn't recognize myself. That's what was nice about the trip is I didn't recognize myself. Growth is such a beautiful thing. Um, yeah, and when you have the, the, the opportunity to really grow, you know, and not be in a controlled environment, whether it's in your own mind or it's an actual society, it can feel so liberating. Yes. So I think, you know, that was it, is I felt so free. I wasn't chained to this, you know, my rule system that I have at home, you know, I'm a bit of a rule follower at home, you know, I like to wake up at the same time, I like to go to bed at the same time, I like to know what I'm eating, 
you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm very rule based. So I was just in this land where I was free. It was anarchy. It was cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm quite, quite a controlled person and, and, and very an August born person as well, like yourself. So some of the things you're saying, I definitely resonate with. I, I like to know how everything's operating. Right? You know, but I feel at my best when I have no idea and it's free and it's, you know, that's when I feel at my best, even though it can be a bit frightening. Yes, indeed, indeed. <laughs> and you know what? That's what I really like about LJ. What makes us work really well is he's got just a very natural, spontaneous nature. And so it just frees me up a little bit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, which is nice. And I think then the opposite must be true for him. Is he, you know, he finds me quite grounded. It's almost like the yin to your yang, right? Yes, indeed. So, so knowing what we know about you and knowing where you're at now, how, how do you feel? How do you feel in this moment, in this hour? How do you feel? Really good, actually. Uh, really, really, really good. Um, and you know why? So at six, I had my dinner at about 6, 6.30, and um, it was quite heavy. I had some green bananas. Um, and uh, I had a nap, and I, I told LJ to wake me up at half past seven, and he woke me up, and I think I'd overdone the nap. And I just felt all groggy and I was like, oh, I've got this call, but I don't feel like it. I feel amazing. <laughs> Good. But I think all of that is com- compounded by sort of some of the things you discussed with us. And I think it really shows how you've navigated your journey, you know, and definitely I'd feel amazing if, you know, I'd navigate all the things you've done and arrived here with all the things I wouldn't mind for myself. And without any expectations on yourself as well, which is really unusual. Yeah, do you know what? I think that comes a lot from my yoga practice, you know, and um, I think, you know, when you kind of have gratitude about the things that you do have, then there's comfort in that, you know, is you, you realize you, you realize how blessed you are. And I think that's why I feel so happy now. You've reminded me of all of the riches that I have in my life. What do you think, um, the next 10 years looks like for you? What, what do you think 50 might look like? Well, do you know what? I think, um, I think you know, if I, if I was 20 and you'd asked me that, I think that, you know, that my body doesn't work anymore and that, you know, you have all these images about what 50 would mean. But now I feel that I'm so full of steam that I can really kind of, you know, go hard at my career um, so that I can kind of, you know, enjoy my 50s and maybe not have to work as hard, you know. It'd be quite nice to be able to be doing something, you know. You know those people who have got those kind of jobs or those businesses where they appear to just be really comfortable and they're not really doing much. They're on a laptop, you know, doing this and that here and there in other countries. They're traveling all the time. I want to kind of, you know, have have that type of freedom. You know, I can be doing yoga in the daytime and, you know, enjoying life and not really having to be part of the rat race. So that's, that's what I'd like. I'd like to work towards that. I'd like to spend my 40s to make sure that I secure that life for myself. Do you think you'll still be a chef, still be cooking? I think it will definitely be in hospitality of some kind. Um, I do quite like um, the media side of things. So I'd really love if my um, video podcast really took off. That would be really cool. Um, and then, you know, like cooking demos and maybe a cookbook would be really cool. 
um, and that kind of thing, that kind of thing. I really want to build up my um, social media and um, it'd be nice to kind of do some influencing, even though I don't like the term influencer. <laughs> I don't want that on my CV, but it'd be nice, you know, that brands are kind of, you know, um, getting me to make things for them and, you know, that kind of thing, develop recipes for them, etc., etc. Did you tell us about your video podcast yet? I can't remember if you told us before we spoke. Yeah, so um, it's called Just Food and That. Um, And what, what, so I've kind of, when I was in Mexico, one of the things that I've tried to manifest was is I wanted to start a podcast when I got back. Um, And then it developed into um, me wanting wanting it to be a video podcast. Um, So then whilst on lockdown, I'd got myself into this real kind of anxious place because I felt like there was a lot of pressure to kind of be super productive in this time that we had. And because I'm a person who expects quite a lot from myself in terms of um, work and output, I felt like I need to be doing something. And I thought, you know what, Dom, just start doing it on live shows and then you don't need anything. You, You know, get yourself a ring light, You've got your phone and you're live. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean. So I thought, just start it now, you know. And when when you when you've got more, do more, you know. So I'll develop it when I can. Basically. Well said, Tom. Well said. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it is when you got yeah. more, do more. You know, you can do and why what what you got. And you know what? Sometimes I can I can really um, I can let the perfect be the enemy of the good you know, um, and sometimes I have to just kind of say, Dominic, don't worry so much about the detail, just do it, you know, just get out there. And then when you're out there, work it out. So that's what I've done with the podcast, you know, um, and, you know, it's getting a lot of engagement. Um, people are really interested in it, um, you know, because it's kind of loosely around food. But um, the last three episodes, we've spoken about um, the COVID-19 situation um, but uh, mainly this, this, the one tomorrow, um, which is on my page, Chef Dom Taylor, um, we'll be talking about um, Black Lives Matter and the current race situation. Uh, my friend I was in Mexico with is actually coming on. She's a yoga teacher. She lives in Canada. So I'd like to kind of understand what their experience has been like. Um, and then also she's a mixed race woman who identifies as a black woman. So I want to even have a little bit of a talk around that and how that's come to pass. Um, podcast pages at just food and that. Gonna have to tune in. That sounds like it's gonna be a good chat. And if you and if you ever if you ever want us on your podcast, do let us know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Absolutely, that would be cool. If you look back, Dom, is there anything that you might like? Is there any advice you might give to your younger self to to affect any change or regret that you look back on now? Yes. I mean, the thing about change in any aspect, you know, it's a bit like Jenga. You pull a bit out and it kind of, it doesn't come falling down, but it kind of would change the events, you know. Um, So, for example, you know, that seven year situation I was in, like I said, is that might have affected who I am now and how my ability to love, you know, if I didn't go through that experience. And then, you know, I look back at my early 20s and I think, Dom, it would have been cool if you'd done 
a lot more in terms of your career then, you know, because, you know, these young chefs that start at like 15, you know, they go off to kind of, you know, get Michelin stars, you know, when you're gifted, if you're, you know, if, if cooking comes quite natural to you, when you start training from those kind of ages, you develop, you know, so many techniques. But at the same time, I had a lot of fun in my 20s. I mean, so much so when I, when I think back in my mind, my 20s and even my early 30s, you know, when I think back, I think I wouldn't change that for the world. Um, it, you know, it, gave, it, it created character. It created character. So, no, I think there's things that, um, there's things now that I would say to my younger self, but they're not necessarily things that I would change. So what would you say? Would you so, say yeah, so I would say, in, you know, in your 20s, do a bit more saving and uh, buckle down and do a bit more work, for sure. And you know what, I'd say all of the things that my mum probably said to me then, because, you know, as you grow up, how many things do you kind of hear yourself, you know, saying or you read them in books and you kind of think, God, my mum was right all along, you know, how many times <laughs> has she said this? Do you know what I mean? And yeah, but... Yeah, yeah, I've read somewhere once that um, life only makes sense backwards, but you have to do it forwards, you know, and it's gosh, that's true. so true. Uh, gosh. Yeah, <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. I don't really like to do it. <laughs> gosh. Yeah. Yeah, Dom. <laughs> Thanks, Dom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Like, I personally definitely have learned so much from you just talking and listening oh, to you today. Um, lots of things really resonated with me, and I think lots of things will resonate with our listeners as well. Um, Especially when you don't hear many black male gay voices. Like, I, I just realised yes. talking to you that I don't actually hear from you guys very often. So this has been really fascinating for me. And I hope that, like, there's more that are comfortable about speaking about their experiences like you have been. Yes, hopefully this will inspire them to, um, you know, use their voice. Because especially, you know, I think when I was when I was kind of 18, I just had no idea that there was black gay men out there. And if I feel like... That's probably one thing that when I look back is I wish I, I wish it was a different world and I had, you know, influence and people to look up to who were gay and black that could have let me know earlier that this is okay. That would have helped a lot. Mm. And I think just just in this era, there's there's so much online that you can yes. connect into and be inspired yes. by. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So, so tell us about your social. So if we want to find you online what what are your handles yeah so i'm chef dom taylor on instagram and just food and that is the new podcast thank you so much for your time today dom no thank you for having me it's been such a pleasure